Hello and welcome to Blaze Pod. It's Monday, 23rd of August. My name is Ben. Joining me as always is Andrew. We may be in trouble. Oh no, it's not good. How are you going, mate? Yeah, well, everything up to the football was, was delightful on Saturday. But uh, yeah, left left feeling uh, with a, a sense of hopelessness, I think, at full time or just... Oh, I don't know, mate. It's, uh... I was angry at the end. That's, I, yeah. I uh, went to the pub after, um, and I was furious for about an hour. Just with, with everybody, you know, in like the, the after match fury. Yeah, like, <laughs> and everyone's to blame. And Dave Bassett, he can <laughs> go back and have a go at everybody. So I mean, at least it was an improvement on West Brom, <laughs> except yeah. Yeah. Huddersfield were dreadful and they barely That's entered our half and they get away with three points and I don't know, I can't even say they didn't deserve it really. I mean, let's, let me just give you this. Three games out of four, we've dominated possession. I do mean dominated, not like 52-48. I'm talking like, yeah. I think it was 71%, 72% this weekend. So three games out of four, we've done that. Those are also the three games out of four the opposition has created more big chances and had a higher XG. It's also the three games out of four that we've lost by an aggregate score of seven to one. So I'm not saying never have the ball, but it is also a problem we need to solve. Like if we're going to have the ball this much, A, we have to not allow the opposition a good chance in the very few opportunities that they get with the ball. And uh, B, we've got to do something with it because that's another game that's gone by where the opposition keepers pretty much had a day off. It's, I keep, I've seen a couple of people say, oh, we dominated and we were all over them and, you know, things are improved. I didn't see it like that at all. I thought they were so comfortable, Huddersfield. And they, like, I'm glad you said they are awful. I mean, they are... I'll be, if they stay up this season, that's a massive achievement, I think, for their manager because they are a dreadful side. And we didn't put them under any real pressure. We did in terms of, like, having the ball and stuff. But, like you said, I think keeper made what? Two saves, maybe, and the and the two saves that he made, you expect him to make as well. I thought we were really poor again. I thought that we we had all the, the the ball, as you said. There was no penetration whatsoever. There was no meaningful chances. We were so ponderous. Yeah, I just thought it was so slow. And I, I'm not, I don't think Huddersfield deserved to win it because I think Huddersfield came for a draw and got a win <laughs> yeah. somehow. Yeah, but. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people saying, oh, yeah, we were the best side and all this. And we probably were. We probably have the better players in Huddersfield. But, as you said, they had the best chances. Yeah, and uh, that's not the first time that's happened this season. The only game I would say we had the better chances was Swansea, where um, they mm. had more possession. So, mm. yeah, it's a problem to solve. I mean, we we went back to... I mean, it was that was essentially wilder ball this weekend, wasn't it, um, against Huddersfield. We went back to a 3-5-2 where... Uh, a new yep. left-footed centre-back, two wing-backs um, and two up top and the same same midfield three. I'll, I'll talk about the, the lineup itself shortly. And I guess it, it was a bit like watching... I can't say it was like watching a game last season because obviously we had so much possession, but you know, all our attacks just fizzling out on the wings, you know, just yep. playing or overplaying or finally working a position to get a good cross. But then... As we saw so often last season, we're crossing into a pack penalty area because it's taken so long to get there. That's it, and nothing comes of it. No threat all in the middle. No sort of quick movement. I mean, and yeah. I'm one of them. And because you do at the match, you hear all the fans get it in, then they cross it in. What are you doing? Because yeah. it's it's almost it's near impossible to pull out a, a pinpoint cross like that when the air. I'm talking about you know even like the better sides in the in the league 
We've seen the likes of, I don't know, Burnley pack a defence against Liverpool and get a 1-0 win because it's really difficult to pick out crosses and passes and stuff when someone's that deep. We don't have much chance of breaking that down either, unless we're going to be a lot, lot quicker. Yeah. What do you think about going like the fact that we went back to three five two for this one? Um, I, I should say actually, just uh, oh crap! I wish I'd got the person's name who pointed this out to me last week. Can you remember who it was that said uh, that was Tom Hawkins? There we go. He pointed yeah. out that we we were playing a four three three at uh, at West Brom. Um, I think that's fair. I, I think. Do you know what? I think the fact that we didn't know. It says a lot about the performance because I think we, you even said yourself, you know, it, it, it seemed like a 3 5 2. And I think I said, yeah, I think it was. <laughs> you know, what I mean, it's just sort of, we didn't really know where anyone were. I think, yeah, looking, looking at it, it probably was a 4 3. I think we're under the cosh that much. It was really difficult to tell. Yeah, but definitely, you know, it was a wilder blueprint against, uh, against Huddersfield. Mm. I mean, do you think that's a, do you think that's a sensible move given the situation? Like, just go back to, what the players know for now, or is that worrying you? Because it's, it's, it went well last a, season. No, it's a difficult one, that because they are more comfortable in it. Uh, well, they were <laughs> eighteen <laughs> months ago, anyway. Um, and you, and people might point to it and say, "Well, we have more of the ball again." I'd, I'd look at the opposition and at that. Um, I don't know. I really, really don't know. I think if we're going to do it, we we need far more. We need at least an attacking midfielder if we're going to do a three-five-two. The, the Duffy role, which I'm sick of hearing now, by the way. Hmm. But we need someone like in that role, and we need Bogle instead of Baldock. And that's nothing against Baldock, but hmm. if we're going to play three-five-two, we have to play it in an attacking sense and not this sort of rigid flat three midfield that we're doing. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, I don't know. This would have like solved all the problems, but uh, I was. Absolutely tearing my hair out, wanting Bogle on um, after yeah. like fifty minutes. And again, yeah, yeah. Baldock was fine, but we just have no threat out on that. So many of our attacks coming down the right hand side, and he's—it's just not his game. He can't. No. he can't challenge people by dribbling past them, and you know he has to wait for the other pieces to kind of arrive on the board, if you like, and then rotate around. And as I said, we we spent a whole season watching that be desperately ineffective, and. Yeah, I just thought if you put Bogle there, he's, I, he's not going to be like a world beater, but he can dribble and he has a bit of skill. And that's his main gonna... thing. His, his main thing is trying to go past people. I think the reason he didn't play as much in the Premier League, certainly under Wilder early days, is because of his defensive side. Well, we'll get you know the, the defensive side's poor anyway in terms of individual mistakes. And yeah. I, I don't know. I really do feel a bit lost at the moment. I'm sure. Well, I say I'm sure. It has to get better. We can't lose every single game, surely. But um, <laughs> I think we said that last season, time, didn't we? I know, yeah. At this moment <laughs> in time, you are looking at it and you're thinking, I don't, you know, there's so many pieces that we could play and put together and none of them are working. Yeah, I just thought that was a real, obviously, Jukanovic knows a bit more about football management than me, but that, that seems such a such low hanging fruit there. It's like Huddersfield are not coming in our half, we've got three centre backs. We don't need a defensive right winger right now. Put on yeah. a proper like attacking winger and and let's go. Let's let's you know have that pull some of their defense out of shape because they have to worry about Bogle and the fact he might go round you or yeah. past you. Yeah, so that annoyed me. Um, that that one was so frustrating. We had all the ball, but not for one minute did I think, oh, it's coming, it's coming. You yeah. know, I really didn't ever get that, and maybe that's just because the the way I'm tuned at the moment with. With last season, obviously, but I didn't think they'd score. Don't get me wrong, because I thought they were awful. But they they did create those. I mean, the defending, oh, on both of them were absolutely disgraceful as well. 
Yeah, I mean, the winning goal... I, does this come from a recycled corner? Because it's their left centre-back that taps it in. And uh, I, I think I was just kind of a bit stunned, really, to totally remember what happens. But there's... I, I, yeah, I, I can't, yeah, I think they did get a corner, didn't they? Because I remember... <laughs> This sums up United so far this season. We've got the equaliser in injury time. You've got Billy Sharp and Sander Berger giving it the, come on, come on, and then we concede. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, when we scored, you think, I would, I'd like to say, I'd say, three minutes left, you know what I mean? We could proper pile some pressure on. They'll be panicking now. Then they scored. And, yeah. and the goal, when everyone just stops, that's that's unforgivable, that, I think. Yeah, so I, it must it, it must have been a recycled corner. She's got Egan on the right plumbing wing, for goodness mm. sake. And uh, Davies, yeah, has, yeah, yeah. Davies has come over to the right, and it's, it's him that he goes down. I thought it was a foul in real time, but... I, mean, I did. Having watched it again, I think it's pretty weak, to be honest. It was yeah, c- certainly a 50-50, could have gone either way. And then He's I'm, not getting overturned by VAR, put it that way. No, definitely not. And I think... The angle's quite deceiving on the final pass as well, where it it probably isn't offside. Like it no, sort, sort of looks it's... like it because the guy runs onto the ball, but I think it was probably level at worst, to be honest. But yeah, it's just I mean, yeah, as you say, the whole team's just kind of stopped. We've got you know our, our main centre backs out on the right wing for some reason. A couple of midfielders are sort of stood pointing. Yes, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. You, that should be fixable. Like it, that has to get fixed. That's just terrible, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and this is the thing as well. I think obviously there's a lot of this is confidence and stuff, but even the players, or even the the positions of the team, we're thinking right. Well, that's sorted now. Egan, Basham, Davis, fine. Hmm. Even when they're even they're making mistakes as well. That and that's the least of us worries because I do think you know with a couple of results they'll they'll get back to the south. Davis is obviously his first game in what a year or whatever. Thereabouts, yeah. But we need those. We needed those three to be as solid and as good as possible because the rest of the team. Other than outside of Berger, I thought played well. Uh, a misfiring. Yeah, yeah. Berger, uh, I sent you this before we start recording, but he, he actually leads the championship in um, successful dribbles per game, which is mm. quite. So I have been sort of. This is a total tangent here. I've been keeping an eye on this because I, I something I've noticed last season, particularly and the season before in the Premier League, how uncreative we were in terms of dribbling. Like we we just had no dribblers at all in the entire team. No. And, we're always so far down. If you ever look look like at the the team stats for dribbles per game, it I, wasn't our theory, was it at all? Really, yeah. so it was it was all the system overload stuff like that. Someone taking someone on was never really a like I said. The only person who possibly did it was Duffy, weren't it? Yeah, but it, we're now quite high. Pretty much every game, and, and probably a product of having the ball more as yeah. well. But we do actually dribble a lot more than we were using uh, used to. And yeah, Berger is uh, is is at the top of that, and he's got. Um, a very high success rate. So I think it's eighty-five percent. I saw this morning was his, like uh, that's his successful dribble rate. So that's something. And yeah, I, I you know, because I sort of have been saying, just give him the ball and just dribble. Like every time they yeah. can't stop you, just do it. So he he is doing it to a high degree, if you like. Yeah. You know, compared to everyone else in the championship, as much. I as know we... he's getting a lot of stick as well at the moment, and I think the price tag and stuff like that is obviously a big thing about that, but. I really believe you put a couple of better midfielders alongside him than Fleck and Norwood, who are how they're playing at the moment. I think he'd stand out so. Imagine having like the Fleck and Norwood of years gone by next to him. You'd be like, oh, this is sorted. <laughs> mm, uh, it's the fact that that midfield just doesn't threaten to create or score is so troubling and bad and mm. needs addressing. I mean, that's it. If, if imagine if we had like a a really sort of mobile, physical midfielder that could play 
next to Berger, if you like. And then he could just go every time. You know, every time he gets the ball, he's like, right, well, I'm just, I'm just going to take on their entire defence, basically, because I know I have somebody behind me who can yeah. sweep up if I occasionally lose yeah, it. Yeah, that's exactly right. But he knows if he loses the ball, Norwood's not getting back. Fleck, I don't know what, I thought Fleck were worse than Norwood, to be honest, Yeah. Uh, on Saturday. I think he had one all right run in the first half, and that were about it. I don't know what's happened to him. I know we always start slowly and stuff like that, but... <sighs> It's getting on a bit now, isn't it? Like, you know what I mean? I know it's only four games in that sense, but carry on from last season as well. Do you know what's really annoying? Well, what's it's, it's a bit of a disgrace, really, for the midfield. The last person to score, I think, from midfield for us was Sander Berger against Tottenham. Is that right? Mm, as in, not a penalty. Yeah, who's still uh, here? Not... It would have been Lundstra at Southampton, to be fair, but. Uh, where, where was Osborne playing when he scored against Leeds? Was he on the wing? I think, were he wing back then? I thought he was wing back then. Yeah, Fleck didn't. Did Fleck not get a single goal last season? I don't think he did. No, no, he didn't get a single goal. Berger got one penalty. Uh, Lundstrom didn't get a single goal last season either. Good times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, that from the midfield, whichever way you look at that, that is that is diabolical. Lot. Yeah, and just makes you think: Do we need three midfielders when they don't do anything? I you mean, don't do anything. Yeah, I, yeah, I do know what you mean by that. Yeah, I think they're quite clearly not creating anything. They're not a goal threat. They're. Uh, not really protecting the defence neither, are they? To be honest, so yeah, it's it's that's the area for me. I think the defence is a bit all over the place at the moment, but it's the sort of thing. There are individual errors I think the defence are making, and I can live with that because I think that comes with confidence and you know, getting to know you know Davis in particular, getting to know his team and stuff like that. I'm mm. I'm all right. I thought Norton Davis were one of the brighter sparks mm-hmm. of the game. I thought he played well. Um, I, I think that will sort itself out. I don't. I, those players are good enough to, to form a, a good back four or five or whatever. I'm not sure about the forwards, but the midfield for me is the the that is it. That that if we could get rid of that midfield completely and bring in five new midfielders, I think things would look so much so much different. <laughs> it's as simple as that, isn't it? It's simple as that. <laughs> yeah, come on, get your finger out, board. <laughs> yeah, get to uh, get to the the forwards and and the lineup generally in a moment. But I I just want to register one more point of irritation on the on the previous pod. I said if we score a goal, I'm going to lose my mind because it feels yeah. like so long. Unfortunately, Billy Sharp volleys in a 92nd minute equaliser, and I barely celebrated. I was the same. I was just I was too too sort of angry with the the fact that we'd let this team score and a draw. It was a poor result. A, a loss is an awful result, obviously. But yeah, I was the same as you. I was just sort of wow. We've got a draw at home to Huddersfield. I know you shouldn't think like that, but that's that's how. I, I think last season. I think it's all about last season. I think a last minute equaliser. Any other sort of. Uh, any other time, you'd have been like jumping around and going mad and celebrating, like you know. And I was happy, obviously, but. I don't know. I would just, I think the performance and everything like that I just sucked it out of me a little bit. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure I would have left the ground grumpy if it finished one all. I'll put it, yeah. you know, put it that way. If, if nothing else happened in the next three minutes, I mean, I was rather than celebrating, I was like, just get back to the halfway line, like you. You know, we have got three minutes left. Maybe That's, we can nick this. You the know. first thing I thought of was not come on. It was just like right, we've got three minutes. Yeah, never concede. <laughs> And I don't know. I, I mean, I you know, I sort of acknowledge that is a bit arrogant, but ultimately, we were a Premier League club for two years. Like, we, you know, I don't think a one-all draw at home to Huddersfield is anything to particularly no. celebrate. Had it finished that way, uh, especially the way the performance like arrogant in that sense. But you're not telling me that any neutral 
would have backed Huddersfield to win that, despite how poor we started. No, probably not. Um, so that was really annoying because it should have been, you know, quite a big moment. Really, it was Sharp's two hundred and fiftieth career goal, of, of course, mm. and. Yeah, obviously it becomes even less important when they end up getting a winner somehow. The thing with Sharp as well, by the way, is, again, I don't know. I've seen lots of people say you can't blame the strikers, and I've said before, you know, the midfield's that poor. How much blame can you put on the strikers? What I will say is Billy Sharp on the pitch for about 10 minutes and had three shots, which is, what, three shots more than Brewster and two more than McBurner. Yeah, no, that is uh, that is a really good point, and uh, you you see the value of Billy Sharp, don't you? He's just uh, mm. he just always knows where to be in the right position, and yeah, he's a, yeah. You could have had an hat trick on another day. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, was, and they were you know they were shot. Um, I guess the first one, you thinking that sort of uh, that long yeah. pass that he sort of didn't quite get. A, yeah, to possibly control. should have done a little bit better. Maybe a bit harsh. I'm not seeing it by. But yeah, there's that one, and there's the volley, which he almost hit too cleanly. <laughs> yeah, straight at the keeper, and then the actual goal, which he didn't hit yeah. very cleanly at all, to be no. honest. Um, no. Yeah, so you're right. I mean, it's not just like three shots from speculative areas, is it? It was three shots in very good positions in front of goal. And is yeah. that a coincidence that no. since when he came on, we had three decent chances? It's not because that's the skill of Sharp. That's how he's made his entire career is is being in that right place. And yeah, let's just talk about the, the equaliser because he, you know, as much as it didn't mean anything uh, in the you know scheme of the game, I suppose yeah. in the end, just a brilliant. I mean, it was so Billy Sharp, but it just a yeah. brilliant bit of place. There's like a couple of okay, so all, after all our intricate stuff, it comes from a long ball into the box basically, <laughs> and two mm. two successful headers. I think it's McBurney first, then McGoldrick. But then Sharp with the sort of the strength to hold off the defender and just spin away from him into that space, and then the fact yeah. he—I said it's not a clean strike, but it is the the way the reason he scores is because he takes it so early, the keeper exactly, can't be yeah. set, and uh, yeah, it's just just classic Sharp. It, it really reminded me of um, it's going back a bit, but uh, a goal against Blackburn on Boxing Day, uh, not yeah, Boxing exactly. Day, it was yeah, like twenty eight, yeah, completely, and in both those cases, and what. I think any other striker for us would have probably held that ball up mm. rather than do the instinctive sort of, right, I know where the net is, I'm going to turn. It was a fairly brave thing to do because the defender could have easily just followed him and took it out. But like you say, his strength yeah. is, is the reason he got that space in the first place. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, it, it leaves the defender on his face, doesn't he, in the, uh, yeah. in the penalty area and just sweeps it in. And should have been a nice moment. As I said, I couldn't really celebrate it at the time because I was so disappointed that with what had come before it, I suppose. And, yeah, what what I thought it was going to finish as as a one-all draw against a team that had barely adventured outside of our half. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it was nice having possession so far up the pitch, but just nothing happening, was it? And it's, yeah, it's uh, it's difficult to solve without new players, which is the noises coming out of the... Uh... This is the biggest week for United for a long, long time, I think, because I think if we don't sign anyone... I think if we sign three, it's probably not going to be enough. I think five gives you a massive lift. I think if, like, it's, let's say we don't sign anyone or we just sign this uh, Algerian bloke. I'm not even going to pretend to, to announce until I see how it's in that. I'm not getting in the burger territory again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if that's it, for instance, I think we're in massive trouble. I really, really do because I don't know how you turn this around without new faces. Yeah, so it's going to be difficult. Uh, on on that happy note, let's take a quick break, and then we'll talk about a few more uplifting things after this break. Okay. As a self-employed copywriter, 
the security of myself and my clients is my responsibility and at the top of my priority list. And that is just one of the reasons I use NordVPN, which is a fast and secure service that significantly boosts my online privacy and security. NordVPN encrypts my traffic on both web and mobile so I don't have to worry about unsecure websites or apps. This is great for me if I'm working on the move, which I like to do more and more often now that we can again. I no longer need to take a chance on who or what might be behind those unsecure public Wi-Fi networks. So whether I'm managing my invoices, emailing a client, or replying to you lovely people on the BladesPod Twitter feed, I know that my phone and my laptop are staying secure. NordVPN also makes it incredibly easy to switch my virtual location with just one click, meaning I can access things like streaming platforms that aren't available in the UK, so Hulu, Netflix overseas, you name it. So go to nordvpn.com slash bladespod or use the code bladespod on their website and you will get 73% off your two-year plan with NordVPN plus four bonus months absolutely free. It works out as the equivalent of buying a cup of coffee every month, which is a small price to pay for premium cyber security. So that's nordvpn.com slash bladespod. Now back to the podcast. And we're back, and let's start by talking about three Blades debutants this weekend. I mean, you 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 demanded five changes, mate, last time we spoke, and you got your five changes. Did you? Were you happy with? Uh, I was really happy with this lineup. Were you? The only thing I would have changed is the midfield. I, I would have. No, the, the only tell you two things I would have done personally is play Freeman for Flag and Bogle for Bulldog, and that would be in it. Um, I think the rest of it, yeah, this is pretty much the side I would have picked. Uh, let's start by... Well, let's talk about Ben Davies first. Um, new signing. We, we were hoping he'd play against West Brom, but uh, but did not. And uh, it's him that gets sort of shoved to the floor for what yeah. proves to be the winning goal. But I thought a pretty good debut from him. He just... Yeah. I don't know. He, he had so little to do defensively. It's hard to really judge, but um, I felt more comfortable with him there than... Uh, Jack Robinson, for example, he's, he's much more tidy than Jack Robinson. You can tell straight away. He's obviously more mobile too. Mm. He has. To, it is his fault that goal. You know, he has to do better. I'm going to give him benefit of doubt. So that's his first game for a year. It's last minute. Maybe just a bit of fatigue. Um, not maybe not physically, but mentally. You know, he's sort of. It's the last minute of the game, and he's maybe gone down too easily. But yeah, overall, I think it was decent. I think you can. I, I'm. I'm okay with that guy. I think he'll come on. I think. If you look at even like O'Connell when he first came in, I know it's a different sort of situation. This guy's played at a higher level, but it's going to take him a couple of weeks at least to, you know, to fit into the system and everything. And he's not played, so he's building his fitness up as he goes. I, yeah, I think he, was show, he showed enough to say that he's a huge upgrade on Robinson. Yeah, I'd say so. And rave reviews from uh, Preston fans. Yeah. Um, both when he left them to go to Liverpool and now he's come to us. So that's yeah. exciting. He's, he's supposed to be. You know, very, uh, very talented on the ball, which I would say Jack Robinson and probably anyone else that we've played at left centre-back is definitely yep. not. I'm just thinking of Kean Bryan's magnificent ability to just shoo it straight into touch, basically, <laughs> in a panic. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think that's going to be a massive plus for us, for sure. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad he's here. I'm glad he's got his first game under his uh, under his belt. And hopefully he will be a fixture in this team and yep. see us building... Uh, Building towards better results, I suppose. Um, to his left, Reese Norrington Davis finally makes his Blades debut in a uh, in the league, I should say. Played yeah. Carlisle, didn't he? Um, 
Yeah, well, I don't want to over... I don't know, overrate's probably not the right word. I don't want to go bananas about his performance, but I think that was a solid debut. Uh, you know, uh, uh, one of the yeah. few bright spots, I'd say, from the whole game, one of the, the young lads making a first start. I've seen him twice now, obviously, against Carlisle, and I think in both of those games, without being outstanding... He's been better than Osborne and uh, Robinson there this season. I thought he was good. I thought he, uh, I thought he tied a bit in the second half, which is probably why he got took off. Um, I think he didn't have to defend too much, obviously, because they pretty much did nothing, did they? Mm. Um, but, so he spent a lot of the time, obviously, in the final third. And I think he's. I don't know if you've heard his after the match interview. I haven't yet. Where he said, yeah, he said that he um, he needs to uh, work on his final ball, which is <laughs> could say that about a lot of players. Yeah, that's. <laughs> But um, he said, like, he got into good positions. He just needs to work on that final ball. And I did feel that as well, but he wasn't the only one. No, of course not. Um, well, while, when he was at Rochdale, actually, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Rochdale. Yeah. Uh, when he was, yeah, League One with Rochdale, he was really creative. Like, so certainly for um, wingers and, and fullbacks, he, he had, like, some of the best sort of crossing and... Um, chance creation numbers in the whole league so yeah he's got a, a base to build off but I, I like um I, I'd like him to just get a run of games to be honest I, I feel yeah. like Ben Osborne is a known quantity Ender Stevens isn't going to be back for at least a few more weeks by the sounds of it um yeah Max I, I feel gone pretty much yeah say again sorry uh, Max Lowe's Max pretty Lowe's much gone aren't he? he's yeah. certainly gone from my memory there for sure <laughs> um yeah, I just feel like Norrington Davies, like, because there's a bit of an unknown about him, Like, there's also a potential upside to him as well. So I want to see him get that I think the worst case run. scenario, based on these last two loans, which were at Luton and Stoke, is you're going to get a, a dependable left-hand side of player, which is yeah. a step up from what we've had, to be fair. Um, I think the worst case scenario is an average championship player, which, yeah, you know, that's, that's the worst case. And he's still young, so he can grow. Absolutely, yeah. So... I thought it was a, a game in which he wasn't particularly challenged defensively. I, I can barely remember Huddersfield going forward down that side. I mean, they had a couple of... Um, the fellow I mentioned on the previous pod, Thomas, you know, he was playing out on the left. So that was, you know, they won a few corners from him running forward. But that was basically... Whereas, yeah, Norrington Davis pretty much just had nothing to do defensively. Yeah. But neat and tidy on the ball. Solid enough performance, I thought. I don't want to big him up too much based on that in... Uh, you know, and, and build a. I think I think we do. We need to get to a stage now where we're giving people a run of games like Norton Davis, who've not had a proper chance. I think. I think mm. we, we've we've had eighteen months of Norwood and Fleck and even Baldock, you know, and stuff like that. I think I would like to see because it does need freshening up, and it, it, we might be able to even freshen that up a bit more with players like Norton Davis, like Bogle, who've not sort of been part of this losing culture. I mean, worked out yesterday we've won eleven games in eighteen months, <laughs> which Jeez. I mean that is just. I, that, oh, I mean, you know, you, the club itself, like the atmosphere must be so low, but maybe there's a chance of sort of getting a little bit of joy with people like Norrington Davis, younger players coming in who have not had a shot yet, really. Please tell me that's just league wins. Is I think that that'll be the just league wins. I, yeah, because that's it. The, the pandemic were in March, weren't no, it? No, that's uh, right. We won like four games, didn't we, after, after lockdown? Three games it was after lockdown. Right. Uh, and then we won eight last season I think I'm right I think that's right so basically <laughs> we did get to treat ourselves to a win every six weeks <laughs> yeah that's it it's so bad it's so bad so they are a team of losers <laughs> literally unfortunately uh, yes 
<laughs> saying it, what else can you say? I don't know. But yeah, yeah. But that is. This is why I think like um, people might say, "Oh, you're being negative and stuff like that." It's really, really difficult not to be negative at the moment when you've sat through eighteen months. What we've sat through. Yeah, pretty much. Um, one other debutant. Where's Fodringham? Big the Wes, man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> Big Wes in goal. I did, I did say to my dad during the game, I said, it's probably not a good sign that we're on to our third choice keeper by the second home game of the season. No. And, uh, and, and neither, of, neither of the first two have been rolled out, ruled out through injury. What did you make of uh, Fodringham's uh, I, I league think we're all right. I thought yeah. we were all right. I think if, it had been, if that had been a performance by uh, Ramsdale, you'd have just said, yeah. <laughs> just standard performance. Uh, he did the weird thing when he came running out, obviously, and the ball went over his head, and, and I don't know what he was doing. And he sort of made a little bit, I don't know, a bit of a mess of a punch in the first half, but that probably harsh. He got a free kick for it. Yeah. Don't think he's at fault for any of the goals, to be honest. Yeah, I think that's that's basically all you can say about him, and he, is, he wasn't at fault, but equally, he didn't really have anything to do. His passing was no. fine, but he was under absolutely no pressure at all. It wasn't like he'd, you know... Yeah. Pinging forty yard balls straight into midfield or anything like that. Um, yep. Yeah, sign a new keeper, please. I mean, we're probably looking at. It's it's very possible we'll play four different keepers in four straight games. In fact, I hope that's exactly what happens because yep. that would mean a new number one is signed in time for Luton away at the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I think we we definitely need a keeper. I don't think you can nothing against Fodringham and stuff, but there's a reason he's third. He was third choice yeah. <laughs> a week ago. <laughs> Yeah, at least he uh, didn't have a disaster. Is probably the best thing you can say. Like after the after the previous game, um, so it sounds like Verips is in for the cup game, and he this weekend, uh, this week, excuse me. And then the plan is for Fodringham to start on Saturday, which I hope is a vote of confidence from Yukanovic. Where I presume the alternative is saying, "Yeah, we definitely will have a new keeper, and Fodringham and Verips won't play the next league game." But I saw a we'll lot see. of people saying, what are we doing? We can't have him in. He can't come out and say, well, these two are obviously rubbish. So, <laughs> you know, if we haven't got a keeper and I'm walking, do you know what I mean? So I think, like, he, he had to say that, I think he said, like, oh, we'll give him a chance to, you know, see if he can state the claim. He has to say that. He can't say, well, we're just going to put him in for a bit and we're going to sign someone better. Mm. But uh, we do have to sign someone better. <laughs> and it has to happen yeah, yeah, very yeah. soon. The clock is ticking. We've got eight yeah. days and... Yeah, it's ah, it's just. I mean, it, it's quite. I, I don't know how anyone can not be at least a little bit angry or concerned that we're. I mean, by the presumably we're going to be ten percent of the way through the season, and we have a new centre back and nothing else. And yeah, you know, you got play. I don't know if we were seriously in for um, James Garner from Manu, but he's gone to Forest. You see, you know, other players we're linked with sounds like they're off to other clubs and it's like what are we doing I don't don't want to jump the gun because there is still time left but also games are going by I mean I presume Yukanovic doesn't want to play 3-5-2 and he wants to you know he has played generally a a team with much more width and with uh, wide forwards and wingers and we literally don't have any at the club so where are they? Like, when are yeah. they going to arrive? When are we getting the new players? I, I'm getting really... I mean, I said I, I wasn't going to sort of go off until deadline day, like, and, and I'm still not going to... I'll save my ranting for then if, if the worst-case scenario happens, but I think it's absolutely ridiculous. I know people say it's a slow market and we had to wait to sell Ramsdale. 
But we've sold Ramsdale, he's gone. If if it was just this case of, oh, we've got moves lined up, then they should be here today. But, uh, yeah, it's really worrying, really, really worrying. I think Jukanovic has possibly overestimated this squad. I think the board have overestimated this squad. Um, and now we've got a week, basically, to, to bring in at least, for me, four first-teamers. Yeah. Are you, are you surprised how bad we've been? Yeah, I didn't think we'd be this bad. I thought we'd be slow. Um, I thought, for instance, it'd be maybe a few errors with the old passing about at the back because it was a different style and stuff like that. I expected us to have created far more, which is naive of me because we created nothing last season. I did think the dropping level, new manager, how we've seen certain players perform at this level before in terms of McBurney, Brewster, they could pick it up. I didn't expect because it has been atrocious. I didn't didn't expect it to be this bad. Yeah, no, similar. I think. I, I, I th- well, I mean, we we outlined that worst case scenario, didn't we? Um, at the mm. in our preview pod, and yeah, unfortunately, most things seem to have been falling in line with that so far. Yeah. I actually, um, I did look it up after the game, and I was going to. Uh, I was going to tweet it, but then sort of bottled it. Um, but it was as in just a screenshot of the the worst case scenario. But yeah, one of, one of the things on the worst case scenario was the players are actually bad now, and we haven't got any new ones, and we have no depth in the midfield. And what if Norwood and Fleck of last season is their true levels right now? Yeah. And uh, yeah, that seems to be. Uh, I haven't seen any evidence to the contrary so far. So yeah, I thought um, I thought McBurney and Brewster would have. You know, I thought they would just have much more impact, and yeah, we didn't really mention that. I, I was really happy with that front too, but yeah. um, and I thought McBurney did pretty well. Obviously, a really a really good effort from the overhead kick. Mm. Brewster touched the ball fourteen times in sixty-five minutes, one four times. That's not new for Brewster. And... It's not, but that's so worrying. Yeah, it is. They were they were so far apart from each other, and they were, they were that wasn't a partnership. I don't know what what we were thinking. And as I said, I think it's embarrassing for, for Brewster in particular because when Sharp come on, he has three shots straight away. That's yeah. not, as you said, that's not a coincidence. He's, he got involved. He probably had more touches than Brewster did uh, it, in all it wasn't, that time. It wasn't far off. I did check. Um, but yeah, it was it was edging up towards where, uh, where Brewster was. And I yeah. don't know. I don't want him to drop into midfield particularly, but... And, and and you know some of it is on the team like get him the ball in good good mm. places but ultimately there's such a pattern here of him just never touching the ball and yeah as you say you you put sharp on and immediately he finds the space that Brewster wasn't finding and yeah, yeah. that's that is troubling um, and I know it's just what is that is that his first start I think this season and tip Brewster uh, no he started no, Swansea yeah, yeah that's right um, we looked again, more right at Swansea obviously to a degree he looked more lively I think in that. That was in I a don't three, know. wasn't it? I really it? don't know because on paper you think that should work. McBurney and Brewster. McBurney likes to drop a bit deeper, obviously better in the air and stuff like that, more aggressive. And Brewster is like the the poacher, if you like, with a bit bit more pace. And it just didn't happen at all. But you know, do we give him more time because he's one match? Yeah, uh, I wonder also with uh, with the the players being worse than we thought and the sort of slow start. Uh, whether you kind of you know he, he actually did want this time to properly assess the team and, and now we're sort of uh, I guess we're living in this strange state of like <laughs> as fans we've seen such a large body of evidence that they've declined yeah and we're sat here with a week to go going like where are the new players like we need to replace these players but maybe this yeah. is just a realization for uh Jukanovic that like okay 
I've seen enough now of some of these. And but then at the same time, he's been talking about getting five players in for a couple of weeks now, hasn't he? Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Uh, it's, it's basically what is a signing every forty-eight hours or something like that. <laughs> Fair that I mean, we've brought one in in about six years. So. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I don't know like how that's going to work out. Yeah, I think huge questions. If this doesn't happen in terms of we get five in. I think huge questions need to be asked about the recruitment. Um, I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't want to talk about that now because it's not happened. So it's still, you know, we've still got a week to go. If it doesn't happen, though, then I think we're gonna, we, we need to know what's happened, why it's so slow and why clubs who earlier on in the season were a less attractive proposition than us assigning players you know Forrest at Garner I know he played there before you've got Chong at uh, Birmingham there's others you know there's other people who brought people in and loan uh, Sawyer's even has gone to Stoke I don't know if that'd been great for us or anything but you know we're just just didn't seem to be in limbo yeah strange yeah Guardiola was um, he was at the game I think this weekend uh, so I'd suggest he's probably likely to sign but I don't know man that's a bit of a shrug one isn't it I hope he's, he's massive line I don't want to slag someone off before they've come but he's that it just it does stink of desperation that doesn't it? I mean it might be fantastic for us, but I've already got a couple of views from Forest fans and it's not great to be honest. But thirty five year old uh, midfielder, um he was mm. playing in Qatar and uh, I think his last two games for Algeria got sent off, is that right? Or was that just a <laughs> just a, a run of games played? For I, I don't I think the last three games for Algeria's been sent off twice, yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least at least they'll be fresh for us then. But yeah, that's hardly a. Uh, I don't know. That, I, I don't see how that. Even if he turns out to be a good championship player, that doesn't seem like the type of player that's going to unlock this team. You know, not like a yeah. uh, a new winger would, for example, or yeah, a, a creative midfielder, which I don't think he particularly is. To be no, honest, no. Maybe, maybe it's just Slav's man in the dressing room. Maybe that could be a you know sort of <laughs> trying to get his ideas across. Yeah, uh, it's just quickly a couple of outgoings before we finish off. It looks like well, Marcus Dewhurst has gone to um, to Solihull Moors on loan, mm. um, so there's no chance of him becoming our fourth goalkeeper this season. Uh, it looks like Tyler Smith's off to Hull City. Uh, anything, yeah, anything yeah. to say about that? No, I think he's so far down the bar. He's so far down the pecking order. You probably want to see him now, but I think he. he, he time for a move for him to be fair he's never obviously he's been here a long time and he's never broke in uh, to the first team it's a good move for him I think like, to be honest yeah I'm I'm alright with him uh, going on a permanent I think just I presume we'll have some uh, you know either sell on percentage or ability mm-hmm. to purchase him but yeah he's, he's 22 years old he's had a couple of loan spells oh, he's had a load of loan spells actually in leagues one and two yeah, move to a championship club is probably the best thing for him I, I don't I don't see how he gets in our first team unless we sell a load of players, which who knows? I mean, mm. how, how important is it? To, do you think it's important that we, you know, actively move on some of our first team yeah. next week? I think the squad is so big. This is what's. So... But I'm talking specifically the first, like, players who are actually playing for us. I don't mean like Max Lowe or someone like that. Do you think it's important, like, to just cut bait on these or, or as like a shake up almost to just be yeah, like, I'd love no, to you're see out? It. I'd love to see it. I think it's too late now, but I'd love to see it uh, personally. Yeah, I don't think there's many people in that squad that I'd be like, oh my, I can't believe he's gone, which is a sad state of affairs. But yeah, I think that's exactly what we need. I think we'd massively need a shake-up and I think we've left it so late. That's what's so frustrating. Like I said, they might prove me wrong. They might bring five in. They might be the busiest week of all time. 
I think a shake-up is bang on what we need. I think it's imperative if we if we want to achieve anything this year, to be honest. How will you feel if Sander Berger leaves in the next eight days? If we spend the money on, on, on decent replacements, it's fine. But again, it, it's so late that, you know, <laughs> I'm not sort of... I don't know. I really, really don't know. I, I think if we don't bring anyone in and he goes, yeah, I'll be furious. But if that pays for another two signings, I think it's exactly what we need. I don't think Sander Berg is as, as important as reshaping this team, if that makes sense. Mm. I've, I've, I just feel it'd be a huge mistake to sell him now. Like, it would be. It, and like I said, unless we're talking another couple, so we're talking seven players coming in, which is like a <laughs> sign in a day, which is not going to happen. You know, if we'd have sold him at the beginning of the window and then we'd have brought five, six, seven players, I'd have said, yeah, that's that's what we needed. We need to build a new team. Mm. Too late now, I think. And I just think he's our only midfielder who can do anything and one he of is, our yeah. few players oh, who yeah. can do anything. If we didn't replace him, I, I have no idea what we'd do. Yeah. Ah, oh, troubling times, mate. Terrible it's, times. I know. I thought this Worst was worse than be... last season because at least last season you could have the sort of, well, you know, we're coming up against teams better than us, and you know, the you know these players they don't have as much money. But one of like, oh, the wages that people are on and stuff, you can't even do that excuse anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't really. Uh, it's, it's Derby in the cup next, which uh, I don't think we're going to be at, are we? We're, uh, we're bottling that one. So. Bottled that one, yeah. Lama <clears> works, <throat> that's my excuse. But I could have got there, but it would have been a bit of a rush. And I don't it... really want to see him. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's, it'd probably be the youth players again, I'd have thought, um, yeah. which is, yeah. is fine. But I enjoyed the I enjoyed the novelty of seeing that against Carlisle, but I'm not totally bothered about seeing it against a championship team that we're probably playing in a few weeks mm-hmm. anyway. Um yeah, rather, uh, well, this is their ex-Blades club, isn't it? I don't know how many are going to play, but Jagielka, Stearman, Ravel Morrison, Kazim yeah. Richards. Yeah, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think um, I'm not too bothered about that game, to be completely honest. I think it's, it again, use it for fitness, for people who need the fitness and stuff like that. But, yeah, I'm not I'm not too bothered about the result or anything. I know we need a win like for, for confidence reasons and stuff like that. But, yeah, I'm just a bit flat, to be honest, at the moment. Mm, looting away at the weekend yeah it's well I don't know it feels a harder game than West Brom uh, not West Brom <laughs> than, uh, than Uddersfield to be honest and yeah I don't know I, I, I think you said limbo earlier like feeling like we're a bit in limbo and that, that is how it feels like as a fan I, I generally try and you know look on the bright side but yeah I need I need something to uh, that's it we need something people it. might say oh come on it's only four games you need to get into it and stuff like that well give me something to, to, to believe in <laughs> yeah it has only been four games, but it has also been four games where <clears throat> I don't know if we're getting worse, but we haven't really seen anything positive. And look, we've scored one single goal, and we just lost at home mm. to a team that barely entered our half for the entire ninety minutes. So yeah, that's quite frustrating. Um, yeah, new new players or bust this season. I think um, having yeah, seen right. how we started. Um, yeah, so let's let's see what happens, mate. In the next uh, the next eight days or so, I'm gonna be. That's a good way to start a Monday. Anyway, I'm really depressed now. I'm so... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. I, I mean, I knew this was gonna be a, a frustrating one to talk about because it was a frustrating one to sit through. Yeah, um, yeah. But this this may be our gloomiest podcast for a while, and we, you know, we. Yeah, I'm really. See, I will really love like uh, on the Sunday, um, just like thinking about United because. I think the, like, the first three games, I could sort of say, well, you know, the West Brom thing, you know, rookie keeper and all this sort of stuff, and it, maybe it was just one of those sort of things, and that's the kick up the, the backside that we need. 
And then I, I've got I've very little positives for this. And people, like I say, people might say, oh, yeah, but we dominated the possession. I've, I've seen Huddersfield a couple of times last season and they are they are not good. So yeah. to lose them is, to me, sort of a, ah, oh, right, this could be actually maybe even worse than I, than I thought it were. Yeah, I think, I think, and having picked a team that, so I think that lineup was that lineup theoretically gets the best out of the squad, I think, as it stands. Because it's, as we said, it's familiar positions. It's got the two strikers who've been there and done it in the championship and, you know, done it ex- to an extremely high degree of success. Yeah. yeah. It's got a £20 million Norwegian international midfielder. And, uh, yeah, we, we did pretty much next to nothing. Uh, you know, our only chances really came from uh, a bit of a head tennis in the box or a, a long pass. And, yeah, it's, that is really quite annoying, to be honest. It does make you something like, where do we go next? I mean, that I, I think, uh, and I, I did say this, that first three games was not the easiest start. Mm. And uh, I wasn't, I, I could definitely see a situation where we only got one point out of those first three games. But yeah, yeah, yeah. the next run of games looks more appealing. That included Huddersfield. Yep. We just lost yep. it. We didn't play yep. particularly well. Don't know what we do next. We just uh, sit back, wait and see, I suppose, and uh, hopefully, hopefully it picks up. But I'm, I've not seen any signs here that made me go. Do you know what we're building something here? Give it a few more weeks, and we're going to start seeing some things clicking. I've no yeah. idea what happens next. No, and, uh, I don't know what that's... formation we play or anything. I, I think a lot of it is a hangover from last season. I think if if last season hadn't had happened, you, I think we could sort of be saying. It will get better. It has to get better. But from last season, we know that that's not always the case. So I'm not saying it's going to be as bad as last season, but I think that's really was such a gut punch for the for the fans and, and obviously the players as well because you're thinking we've had four years of Wilder where you think he'll sort it out. Don't worry, mm. you know what I mean? He's fine. Don't worry, he'll sort it out. Now we haven't got that sort of safety net, if you know what I mean, and, and yeah. that sort of any any sort of we've got recent experiences suggest that that's not going to be the case, which I think makes it more difficult. Yeah, I um, I suppose just to be clear, I I don't put any of this on. You know, this bad start, I'm not like, oh, you kind of which is clearly not the manager for us. Oh no, who knows? Not. That might turn out to be the case, but right now, mm-hmm. and so I'd I'd be worried if. Um, you know, if we if we had like recent history of being successful in a three five two, and now he'd come here and was like trying to shoehorn players into a new formation, and we were getting bad results. But we have eighteen months of three five two not working for us, um, and you know, I, I think that just has to sit with the players, to be honest, and it has to sit with the club that we're still playing those players and don't have an alternative. So, yeah, I think when when I start seeing like a distillation of what. Yukanovic actually wants to do with his players. Mm. If that doesn't work, then that's yeah. a question mark and you yeah. know a major cause for concern. But right now, play better or leave, frankly. Yeah, you know, oh, who knows? That's that. a scrappy a scrappy one 0 win against Luton away could be the I do like the idea, I never thought I'd say this at the international break coming up, because I think that's an extra two weeks for us to get on the training ground and stuff like that, which is something we've not had the chance to do with the midweek games and then the game and you know what I mean. So yeah. I do think the international break is coming at a good time for us. Uh, hopefully we'll have plays in as, as well then to yeah. sort of fit into what to what we want to do and, and work something out. But yeah, I I've got to admit Against Luton, I'm not expecting much um, because I think even if we've signed a couple of players, it's probably too early to expect them to, you know, completely change the team around after only being here a couple of days. Yeah, 
Uh, I think you're bang on with the international break. To be honest, I'd have that now if it was an option. Oh, like, yeah. As in, yeah. Let's, let's have that two-week break now to the end of the yeah. transfer window and uh, and start again in a couple of weeks. So, yeah, which is not what I expected to be thinking this early into the season, to be honest. Give me no football for two weeks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll go back to sport in England again. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent stuff. Well, there we go, mate. Uh, that was much gloomier than I was expecting. So apologies to everyone who's, who's made it this far and, and thank yeah. you for making it I don't it know if I was well. woke up in a bad mood or if, I, if United are just rubbish <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it's probably trending towards the latter at the moment yeah. <laughs> uh, shout out to Paul by the way who uh, spoke to us yeah. in the in the pub before and he's the man who owns the at SUFC Twitter handle which is a great unbelievable a great that yeah yeah brilliant stuff thanks for, thanks for saying hello Paul nice to chat to you uh, before the match um any uh, anything to plug, mate, before we finish? A uh, view from Huddersfield. To be fair, their fans were pretty good about it. Um, on the whole, they were basically saying they were rubbish. It <laughs> uh, said like a smash and grab, but they also have um, unkind words for our strike force and midfield, very similar to what we've just said, to be fair. It's quite a ground of view from, so that's at royviewfrom.com or at Panchero on Twitter. And I'll be back with... I'm going to do a pre-match view from Derby, but they're not really saying anything other than let's just drop all the players because we haven't got enough players to play. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Well, we'll uh, we'll finish there, mate. We may be back later in the week uh, if <laughs> so. if we get our uh, new signing every 48 hours, like uh, like you said. And um, I should stress, by new signing, I mean someone who is good enough to start ahead of our existing players, not more squad filler. We have enough squad filler. We need yeah, so starting... We're talking, we're talking oh. Brian Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right we will finish there mate thank you very much for your time as always much appreciated uh, and I'll catch up with you later thanks a lot mate cheers thank you